Hi, welcome to the Money Morning Podcast. Today I talk to Andreas Kroll of Demem. Now, Demem is an ASX-listed water purification company that importantly does things in a decentralized way. They've recently made an acquisition in WA, which has a number of contacts in the mining space. I then follow that conversation up with Selva. Selva is our in-house renewable energy expert, and she runs the New Energy Investor publication. Now, the New Energy Investor publication tips companies around the world doing exciting things in energy. So definitely stick around for the rest of that conversation. First of all, I've got Andreas Kroll here. He's the CEO of Demem, which is an ASX-listed company. Now, Andreas, how are you today? Yeah, very good. Good day to you. Hello. Great to hear, Andreas. So many, many uh, of our listeners may not have heard of your company, but I've followed your company for a couple of years now. So for my first question, I'd just like to ask you, could you give us a broad overview of Demem's operations, uh, the specifics of what nanofiltration membrane technology is, and then um, what, is, what are some of the advantages of Demem's technology? Yeah, so at, at the first place, our business model is not to sell off uh, just the technology or just the membrane. Um, so our business model is to sell uh, a complete solution to the customer. So we integrate our technologies, our membranes uh, into a turnkey solution, which is uh, typically a containerized water or wastewater treatment system. Um, so that being said, um, so um, just to help people a little bit better um, to, to understand our model a, a little bit better, uh, we kind of use our membranes, our IP, our technology um, as the competitive edge in these containerized systems. Um, uh, you can envision that a little bit as the Intel inside, um, the actual nanofiltration membrane, um, which the IP is owned by us. Yeah? The technology is uh, manufactured in our plant in Singapore. Um, it goes into our systems as the key component uh, to, give us, to give us that little advantage over customers, uh, over competitors, uh, to give us that little something that our competitors don't have. Um, to in the next step, to go a bit more into the details. Um, so what the membrane actually does is it filters out uh, contaminants. Um, um, a membrane is a porous structure. It's a microporous structure, tiny little pores that let water molecules pass through. Um, but then everything that's bigger than these pores, contaminants like, for example, uh, organics, bacteria, viruses, uh, all kinds of solids, uh, chemicals, and so on. They cannot pass through these tiny pores. Um, they get rejected, they get filtered out. Um, and then with the nanofiltration membrane, uh, we are very special in a way uh, that there is hardly anybody else in the industry who can make the pores that small for this particular membrane configuration which is a hollow fiber membrane that runs under low pressure and low energy consumption. Um, so we are among the only ones in the industry which can make the pores that small. Um, and that very similar to a sieve, the smaller the pores, the better the quality of the filtration. Uh, that gives us very high quality of filtration at low energy consumption. Um, and I hope that this uh, summarizes in simple words uh, where we fit into the industry with that particular nanofiltration membrane. It's a special technology 
there's hardly anyone else in the industry which has this uh, particular IP. Um, um, that being said, uh, well, we started uh, on the Australian Stock Exchange about uh, four years ago in the meantime. Um, over the years, we've expanded our portfolio of membrane technologies. Um, um, that is important because water treatment, the water industry is very diverse. Um, you are dealing with a lot of different types of contaminants. Um, um, you find many different technologies in the industry. Um, uh, and typical for, for all these different technologies, they all have their sweet spots. Um, um, so to be able to, to expand our addressable market, which is a billion-dollar market, there is no, no doubt about that. Um, uh, over the years, we've added other technology families into our portfolio, um, uh, mostly actually self-developed by our team in Singapore. Um, so for most of these technologies, the IP is owned by DMAM. Um, um, so beyond, in very quick words, beyond the nanofiltration membrane, uh, we have another group of technologies which is called ultrafiltration in our portfolio. Uh, the difference to nanofiltration is that the pores are slightly larger. Um, that increases the, uh, the volumes, uh, the flow um, of water uh, through that membrane. Um, um, that's uh, a second uh, technology family. Uh, a third one is around a, a forward osmosis uh, membrane, which is used for concentration uh, dewatering applications, for example, for the concentration of beverages like, like fruit juice. Um, uh, we have more in the pipeline. Um, and so over the years, we've built uh, a broad technology of membrane technologies, which address, addresses um, like a, a pretty big uh, market in terms of dollars. Well, that's very fascinating, Andreas. I think uh, one one question I might follow up with that is: Could you explain the sort of the when you say turnkey? Uh, that that means modular. That means it's in a container, which then can be transported quite easily. Is that correct? The the turnkey basically means that we offer something for for the customer which is hassle free. Um, so, customer basically presses a, a button and the whole system starts operating. Um, uh, and then in addition to that, uh, actually, our company is, is, is able to provide an operations uh, and maintenance service to the customer as well. Uh, beyond the, the mere installation and supply of the plant, uh, we can provide like follow-on services. Um, um, so that's, that's what I, I meant by, by turnkey. The, uh, the format uh, that you mentioned, the containerized format of our products, um, um, that addresses the, uh, the decentralized market, which is our sweet spot, which is our core domain. Um, um, for these decentralized like on-site applications, we often package our plants. Um, uh, we package the plants into standard industrial containers, uh, which are easy to transport. Uh, well, the customer doesn't need housing. Uh, they, they typically, they, they don't need a, a building for these containers. Uh, they just need to find a, a proper spot on, on their site. Um, uh, and that makes this uh, product format very flexible um, uh, and, and very easy for the customer to deal with. Well, I think what we're seeing around the world is sort of a decentralization of many different industries. Uh, I believe you have some uh, arrangements with the mining industry and sort of, I guess, maybe you could talk a little bit about what Demem does for that particular industry, I think people might be interested in that. 
Yeah, the mining industry in Australia, and in particular, they have a strong requirement for decentralized water and, and wastewater treatment solutions, which is quite obvious uh, given the, the structure of the industry with many remote mining sites, some. Uh, so what we do there is uh, we can help them with basically all their water and wastewater treatment needs. Um, uh, that starts with the provision of, of potable of drinking water, which is taken from the ground through boreholes and then uh, purified, converted into uh, drinking water quality uh, through our containerized systems um, for, the, for the mining camps, for the housing, for the accommodation. Um, uh, we also provide solutions for the treatment of the sewage uh, from the accommodation villages. Um, that's a big part of our work. Um, uh, but then uh, we also uh, provide solutions uh, for water requirements for the actual mining operations. Um, um, also, uh, obviously, solutions that deal with the often uh, highly acidic uh, waste um, that's remaining from the mining operations. Uh, so we provide a, a complete package uh, for mining sites, um, uh, and if required, if uh, the customer likes that, uh, also based on a on a service based business model. Okay, well, the fascinating thing there is that the mining industry, especially in WA, is starting to take off. So I imagine you'd find that quite exciting for your business. And then beyond that, I just wanted to ask you a really broad question, which might be of interest to our listeners, which is what do you think the future of water is? It's a, it's a resource that is absolutely necessary for life. And maybe you could talk a little bit about how you see demand fitting into the overall picture. Yeah, absolutely. One quick comment, maybe uh, um, towards the first part of, of your statement, we acquired a company just recently in WA exactly for that reason, uh, because we see the, the mining company in a, in a pretty good shape in WA. Uh, we're quite optimistic about the next few years. Uh, so we acquired a company with a strong position in the WA mining industry exactly for, for that reason, to give us exposure to, to that market. Um, um, well, coming to the second part of your statement or, or question, which is obviously uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, a, a, very wide, uh, a very wide topic. Um, um, so I think in, in very general terms, uh, the, the water treatment industry is driven by large macroeconomic um, developments. Um, um, so that's like uh, things obviously like uh, um, a population growth uh, and emerging markets, uh, industrialization, urbanization, um, 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 growing pollution. Um, that's um, trends which drive the water treatment industry as a whole um, um, and uh, which will drive the growth also of the water treatment industry, um, which results in a growth uh, which is certainly higher than the, uh, the general growth of the uh, economy. So the water treatment industry is definitely growing uh, above average. Um, um, that's, that's the big picture. Um, so, well, how do we fit in there with, with DMAM? Um, there's obviously, well, different angles to look at that. Um, one is that uh, decentralized angle. Um, so we focus on these decentralized containerized solutions. Uh, we believe those are smart solutions. Uh, these uh, on-site solutions, for example, um, they um, make it unnecessary to pump water over large distances because we generate the water uh, on-site. Uh, so that saves energy and saves cost for pumping water through huge pipelines. Um, 
so we provide very smart solutions uh, on site uh, exactly according to the, the customer's problem. Um, um, that's uh, where, where DMAM is positioned with the, uh, the decentralized approach. Um, that being said, from a commercial perspective, um, that's exactly the market where we want it to be. Uh, opposed to that, the centralized market, which is the big urban uh, concrete type water treatment plants, uh, from a commercial perspective, it's a very consolidated market. You have large multinationals competing about these projects. Um, uh, with DMEM uh, on the decentralized end, we're in a space um, uh, where you would find like a lot of smaller companies, small operators. Uh, it's still um, well family-owned businesses which have a relatively narrow focus in terms of problems they can solve, what technologies they can deliver. Um, um, and uh, we saw that opportunity, that's our mandate to kind of consolidate that market uh, by having access, we just talked about our technologies, by having access to unique and smart technologies. Um, um, and um, that's, uh, as, a, as a last comment with respect to that question, that's exactly DMAM's vision, um, to use our technological advantage, the partnerships we have in Singapore, uh, the IP we have built over these years uh, to, to become the, the leader uh, in, in this uh, decentralized segment of water treatment. Well, as one final takeaway, decentralization uh, is often sought after for its efficiency gains. So I think it's very exciting that you have a decentralized water project uh, or water business. And uh, I really want to thank you for your time today, Andreas. It was a very fascinating chat. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, likewise. Now I'm going to talk to Selva. Selva's our in-house expert on renewable energy, which is particularly important given the fact that Scott Morrison's indicated that Australia will move to net zero by 2050. Hey, Selva, how are you going? Hey, good. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. I just talked to Andreas Kroll of Demem. Now, Demem does decentralized water solutions, and it's a very interesting company. I know you're a renewables energy expert and we've both been digging into the impact of water on the world and how important it is to everyone. And I think I might just start off with this little tidbit of uh, information I came across, which is that 70% of the world's fresh water goes to agriculture. And, uh, and this is a really big theme for me. I'm working on a sort of ag tech thesis for exponential stock investor. But I was just wondering if you could talk a bit about your field of expertise which is renewable energy and what's happening in Australia right now. Yeah, sure. I mean, water is quite important for the renewable with, I mean, your hydroelectrics now, which is a big source. I mean, the power of water is a big source of renewable energy since, I mean, hundreds of years. Now you had like the, the big windmills, uh, no, uh, the, the water mills, I mean, that, um, that used to power energy uh, and, uh, you know, to grind um to grind grains and things like that. So, I mean, water has always been like a big, a big um, part of renewable energy and something that regenerates itself. Um, then, for renewable energies, what's been happening in Australia? We actually heard from uh, Scott Morrison uh, recently. He talked on Monday night, I think it was, and he gave a bit of a hint that he's looking at um, 2050 as net zero. We haven't set a target yet. But in saying that, um, all the states have actually set a target of net zero. 
so far so there's a lot of of things happening in the uh, in the states no state level and um we're seeing a lot of uh, investment in i mean in a lot of different things so you're seeing rooftop uh, solar capacity increasing uh, quite a bit uh it's actually last year was a record year in 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 solar capacity installed uh we're also seeing a lot of hydrogen um hydrogen uh, installed um uh hydrogen capacity no uh projects not installed but coming to the market so it's it's there's a lot been a lot of things happening in in, in renewables in australia well it's really interesting that you said uh uh hydrogen's coming to the fore and that mm-hmm. the states actually pushed this before the federal government. Is that the correct read on the situation or? Uh, I think it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's the states exactly. I think it's uh, states and business, uh, which are pushing, business mostly pushing the the forefront. Um, you have Andrew Forrest from Fortescue, who's actually said that he wants to be a big, uh, a big power of um, uh, pushing this hydrogen uh, exporting hydrogen around the world, no uh, green hydrogen and ammonia. So he, I mean, he spent last year. He said he spent um, a lot of time traveling to different countries with uh, a group of, of people and uh, meeting with different people and uh, around the world and just trying to see what it takes to actually um, do this. No, um, so yeah. Well, the interesting thing I heard when I talked to Adam Bacon, who's now tied to Hexagon energy materials mm-hmm. um, which is a hydrogen company was that he thinks diesel will be the first to go or these big sort of load carrying uh sort of road transport vehicles that'll be the first thing to be targeted for hydrogen what are you what are your thoughts on uh on the applications of hydrogen i mean it all depends on the price uh i think the price uh just pushing the price down uh, if I'm right, if I believe I'm right, uh, the the target is two dollars. Uh, so that's the that's the uh, target of the government, two dollars, um, and that should be like enough for uh, hydrogen to be competitive. Um, so it all depends, yeah, basically on the price. I mean, hydrogen you would use for uh, areas in the economy that are hard to decarbonize. So I mean, uh, airplanes. Um, I mean, any sector of the economy that is really like trucks, you know, and and things that uh, even for, I mean, Japan is actually doing a lot of work with hydrogen and vehicles. Um, so it'll depend on the price, I think. And also uh, the technology um, transport is, uh, transport will be one of the big things uh, that will need to uh, to happen now. I, I think it's, I mean, it's going to take a little while, but I think it's a, uh, is something that's happening really, really quickly. Like you have even uh, countries that are um, known uh, oil producers, uh, like Saudi Arabia, they're yeah. creating this big city called Neom, and one of the biggest hydrogen projects are there. So you you starting to see a lot of countries, Germany, Chile, Australia is also a contender. So you're starting to see a lot of investment on hydrogen, and it'll depend on the technology, on the price. Um, so who's who's the First mover. Well, I think uh, you you've actually tipped some hydrogen companies in your your product, and yeah. uh, and we've also done so in exponential stock investor. We won't give those away, but um, I guess I, I want to ask you: What are you seeing across your portfolio? Are there any sort of new trends emerging? And uh, and what what do you think are the real sort of most exciting things going on in renewables at the moment? 
I think the two things that, especially for Australia, that are the most exciting things are uh, green hydrogen is one of them. And the other area um, is battery storage, uh, which for Australia is like a really interesting area just because we have uh, metals, minerals, like we have a lot of mining that are um, that are basic uh, materials for this, for, for the storage, you know, for, uh, for creating storage. And uh, so I think that will be, uh, those are the two areas where we should, like, we should be looking and uh, the big areas for Australia as opportunity, you know? Well, it would be very exciting to see a sort of Australian made lithium ion battery plant. And uh, it's so strange, isn't it, Salva, that we mine the stuff, ship it off somewhere else, build the battery, then get the batteries back, and we get it through a French company that builds these massive batteries out in the middle of nowhere, basically, to store energy for us that we could we could be making ourselves. So I think it's a very interesting point to make that uh, self-sufficiency in terms of renewables will be very important for Australia going forward. Yeah, and just having a uh, supply chain that is, you know, that is closer to home, um, maybe that would be quite interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, that's just about it for what I wanted to talk about today, Selva. I think uh, if anyone really wants to find out about what you do, I'd encourage them to check out New Energy Investor. Um, it's a very good, very cool product, and uh, it digs into a lot of stuff that you might not hear anywhere else. So we'll provide a link for that for people in the description below. And, uh, and thank you so much for your time today, Selva. Thank you. Well, that was a great chat with Andreas and Selva. There's a lot of interesting things happening in water and renewables at the moment. If you want to learn more about Selva's publication, New Energy Investor, it's a really exciting publication. You can find the information in the description. And I hope you have a great week and you'll hear from me soon. Bye.